passion, analysis, hot takes. Welcome to Political Football. And now, your hosts, Clee, Dave, and Maddie Ellis. Welcome to Political Football, Season 2. Uh, this is our draft recap show. Uh, so Dave is going to enlighten us on a whole bunch of the, the do's and the don'ts and the good happenings of good NFL. First of all, how you guys doing? Man, I'm doing uh, I'm doing all right. I love the draft every single year. I'm always sad when it's over, but I love being able to talk about what teams did well um, and focus on what's going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. Matt? Um, first of all, happy to be back, fellas. Uh, thank you for welcoming me back into the ranks. Uh, I'm doing well. And before we get started, uh, you know, I just want to say that we had a little, you know, a little thing offline that sort of hurt our chemistry a little bit. Uh, I just want you to know that I'm happy to be back, happy to move on. And uh, I had a lot of fun last season. I had a lot of fun on Thursday with you guys. So um, all of that's, you know, moving forward. I hope our listeners uh, are looking forward to the three-man wolf pack going forward. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. A lot has happened since we, we've last spoken um, basically, obviously the draft happened, so we're, we're getting into the NFL um, season now, so to speak. Um, all of our teams, we were having fun Thursday. All of our teams or you know, picked up somebody. Were you guys happy with your picks or not really? So uh, for the Lions, I was – well, this is something I'm going to get into as we talk about some of these better picks and worst picks from the first round. But so the Lions are an interesting case, right? They take an offensive tackle at number seven overall. Now, I said that you need to be a quarterback, wide receiver, pass rush, cornerback. They take an offensive tackle. So they better not miss on this offensive tackle prospect. And I don't think they will. I think he's going to be a fine player, Panay Sewell. The problem is that they pass on Justin Fields. So, th- so it wasn't a good pick, even though I think the player will be fine, if that makes any sense. Oh, I definitely so think he you- does. Oh, so I mean- you don't... <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Matt. Um, so you don't, uh, so you don't believe in golf, I guess. Uh, Jared Goff. Yes, the uh, one that he, you were, the one that you were offline a few months ago, telling me how great he was, and I'm shooting you, shooting you articles about how much dog shit he was in the Super Bowl. So you, you want to get a rookie quarterback in there when you, you guys just pick this guy up. So the thing, so what that, what that, what the premise of the question tells me is that you are not a gambler. No, um, I'm not. Because the thing is, is that what my statement about Jared Goff is that Jared Goff does not suck. He is a perfectly adequate starting quarterback in the NFL. However, that is not good enough to win a Super Bowl or multiple Super Bowls. The goal isn't to have Jared Goff. The goal is to have Patrick Mahomes. And so when you're in a position to take a swing on somebody who's got, who's got huge upside, you take the risk of them failing and being worse than Jared Goff because they have a chance to be something that Jared Goff can never be. So that's why they should take fields in that position and not, not because it is the same thing about Jared Goff. It's all about Justin, Justin Fields. The guy went to a Super Bowl. The guy took a team to the Super Bowl. You'd say that's not enough currency to give the guy, to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. He says, you know what? Let's see what you got for us. Maybe the system with the Rams fell apart. Maybe you can do better here. I mean, it's just, it's just kind of, you know, I'm not being a jerk off about it, but I'm kind of playing devil's advocate that, you know, you guys just picked up a, I mean, he's not, when we said last season, 
he's a top 15 guy. Remember yep. we were going through that list? So yep. to say that you want Justin Fields in, who technically hasn't done shit. He hasn't done shit in the NFL. He's, he's a college player. So when guys get all jerking, jerked off high about these these these, high, uh, these college guys, prove it to me. Give me a season that says, okay, you know what? Now we can say what we're going to do. So we're going to see. You guys just picked up Jared Goff. Just picked him up. And now you want Justin Fields to step in and win multiple Super Bowls? If somebody put a gun to your head right now and asked you, who would be a better NFL quarterback at the end of their career, Jared Goff or Justin Fields? Who are you going to say? I'm going to say Jared Goff. I haven't seen what Justin Fields done. I haven't seen what he did. It's it's different when you're throwing the guys in the in, in the uh, what what conference is this? Is is Ohio State in again? I don't even know what conference they're in. You know what conference Ohio State is in? No, I don't watch. I don't watch college football. I don't give a fuck Literally. about college football. That's about <laughs> as believable as the basketball player who didn't know who A Rod was. <laughs> So no, but this 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 conversation is important, not specifically about the Lions and Jared Goff, but but it speaks to how good teams approach the draft and how bad teams approach the draft. And Cleve, this is very similar to your I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers at 37 than Deshaun Watson at 25 or whatever. Although now, you know, that was before <laughs> all the stuff. But like it's just in terms of their football ability and their ages, it's it's this is gonna be very a very similar dynamic that comes up a lot in the draft. Okay. Okay. Point taken, Matt. You had a, you had a, you were going to say something, and I kind of jumped in there. I was. Um, I think that Dave's point is extremely valid, and I think a recent example of that is Joe Thomas, who the Browns took. He's probably going to be a Hall of Fame offensive lineman. Uh, they didn't be, win yeah. anything. They didn't win anything while he was there. So while that pick did, uh, you know, equate to uh, an elite caliber player, it did not equate to the the goal, which is to to win, right? Um, and I think that when the Lions came up on the board and they had options, yes, they have Goff, who is an adequate starting quarterback and could win them games in the immediate future. Uh, you're looking to project in the draft five, six, seven years down the road. And that's what a lot of the teams who took a quarterback this, this draft, especially in the first round, were looking to do. They're looking to project to what does that mean for our future? Um, and when you see that the Vikings were going to take Justin Fields at 14, if he was still there, that tells you something. They have Kirk Cousins, a guy that they've paid a lot of money, who is very similar to Jared Goff. He is an you know, perfectly good starting quarterback. Is he their future, given everything that we've seen so far? And if you have the chance to have that insurance policy, I think that's what Dave is speaking to. While Panay Sewell is probably going to be a perfectly great lineman, he's going to protect Jared Goff, he's going to do everything he's supposed to do, uh, what is that doing for you for the future? Because the immediate doesn't necessarily dictate what it, you know, I mean, look at the Patriots now who won for 20 years and now the future is very murky because, you know, they they were drafting in a different place. They were picking up players in a different place and now they're looking toward the future. So the, it, it all changes that you need that insurance policy. And I think that's what Dave is, is really speaking to. And I think well, it's valid in a way. Well, we, we needed the Jets, speaking as the Jets, we needed a quarterback because we let our quarterback out the building. So, so we needed to get a quarterback. And we didn't want to pay the guy that we already had on, on, on salary to pay him big money now because, you know, he's not he's obviously been in the league a couple of years now. So now he's up for a bigger contract. So safe bet is to get a rookie in there, a uh, decent rookie from what I see. Um, and we're now on the hook for it. You know, we're paying him, you know, chips. Dave, you're making this look, you have this look in your eye. What is it? So the 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 thing is, is that 
and what what I think, because I, I take I take your point, and I don't think your point is necessarily wrong, but I think that that the way that you're approaching it will lead a team to have a ceiling of like eleven and five, or I guess eleven and six now, twelve yes. and five. Yes, yes. But but with the way that you're looking at it, like the way that you're approaching it, you never would have drafted Lamar Jackson. You wouldn't no. have traded off of Patrick Mahomes. Correct. And so yes. um you probably would have taken a risk on Ben Roethlisberger in 2004. Like all the the a lot of the high ceiling quarterbacks, a lot of the best quarterbacks that have played the game were risky picks at the time they were picked. There's only a few, you, know, you only get a few Peyton Mannings and John Elways that come in number one overall and they're just absolutely great and it was easy and and there was no there was nothing to worry about. There's usually a huge risk in taking a quarterback high and we focus on when it doesn't work out. But the thing is, most of the time, if you want a great quarterback, you have to take a risk on it. The Rams took a risk on Jared Goff and it didn't work because he's not a great quarterback. He's a good quarterback. Might even be a, above average, like good, like good, good quarterback, but he's not a number one overall franchise changing quarterback. So the Lions don't have one still. And that's really what you need to compete year in and year out. You know, let me act. Go ahead. Let me ask, let me ask both you guys, um, given um, the Lions and the Browns who've, who've had uh, over the last probably 15 years had a ton of number one picks. Most of them are quarterbacks. Would you guys have taken any one of that crop that you can remember? I don't, I don't want you to go through the, the entire, you know, remember every guy that, that ever played, but the Johnny Manziels, the Brady Hoax, the all these guys that were that were touted as the guy and didn't pan out. These guys were in the league two, three years. Well, I mean, Manziel's special case because he he drank his party his way out of the league and the, the play was scant at best. So so the answer, the answer for for the Lions is no, because for the last twelve years we've had Matt Stafford. But the thing is, is that Matt Stafford was the number one overall pick. So we yes. did in two in, in two thousand nine, we did have to end up taking taking that risk. Um, you know, you have to you have to swing on quarterback to hit on quarterback, and you have to hit on quarterback in order to win consistently especially if you want to win super bowls consistently and be competing consistently like you I have agree. to you have to always have that that great quarterback so if you don't have the great quarterback you have to be looking to try to get one otherwise you're just treading water and you're not ever going to be able to get through and when we get to the field's pick in our discussion i have uh, a piece of information for you that is absolutely going to blow your mind given what you're saying now okay matt you had something so, well so you can't really play the result in this, you know, in this particular scenario, because now you're looking at 20 years of evidence and saying, well, would you take one of, the, one of those guys knowing what we know now? But when you're drafting, there's two things. I mean, taking the risk is, is part of it, but then there's a whole separate part of player evaluation, player, you know, scouting and so forth. And there's different, you know, like one team could be good. Okay, we have to pick a quarterback, but they could have crappy scouts who don't really know what they're looking at, who don't know what they're evaluating. Plus, where you pick makes a difference. When you pick number one, you have your choice of all of them so you have a you take a risk on all of them but if you're picking say fifth you got to take what's left so have you done mm -hmm. the evaluating to know what you're getting back in return and then once they get on the team there's a whole other there's a lot of other factors like one player can't just necessarily come in and blow everything out of the water does he have position players that you know complement him or does he have the support system is he taking to the offense there's so many different factors you, and that's you why, guys got like, a quarter you yeah, guys got a quarterback but, that did that when he came into the league. Cam Newton yeah. was on fire when he came in the league. Yeah, but I mean, th but that's not necessarily going to be 
the the rule, right? Like, look at there, look at guys who who have been taken recently. I mean, Mitch Trubisky didn't light it up, right? We don't really know <laughs> Daniel Jones, right? Uh, Wentz just got traded. Goff just got traded. So there's a lot of factors that go into it. But to say like, well, every quarterback that the Browns are taking for the last 20 years, would you take them? Well, we already know about them, so no. But if they were on the draft board right now and you're looking at potential ceilings, it's a completely different discussion. I don't think you can draft based off of what you what you know about. Like That's like saying, well, oh, if Barry Sanders was on the board, well, I know he's going to be a Hall of Famer, so I'll totally take him now. But yeah. if you don't, you don't know that when you're drafting and you're trying to make a projection and no projection is going to be accurate 100% of the time. Mel Kuyper's like a weatherman. He gets it right like 30% of the time. You know? Yeah. So. Well, well, I made that comment based on what Dave said about you know, you gotta pick a you know pick a quarterback and, and swing for defenses. They between the well, the Lions lucked out because they actually picked a um, Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, out, out of that class. But prior to that, prior to that, they were picking you know quarterbacks that they they wanted to work out. The Joey Harringtons and all these other guys. But the Browns is is, is kind of what I was leaning towards. How how many how many quarterbacks have gone to them that just didn't pan out? So. I guess the second part of my question before we start our discussion, I don't want to spend too much time on this, is that schemes and where these guys go and the coaching personalities, does that shit all matter or you, it doesn't matter at all? Like the Trevor Lawrence, is he going to just walk in regardless of who's coaching him, what the organization stands for? Like he's just going to walk in and from day one just be the man. Well, landing, landing spot is obviously important. If Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round by the Detroit Lions, you know, he'd have been selling insurance by two years later. You know, it, <laughs> it, it matters. It matters where you go. But that's still also a bit of dumb luck. And also mm -hmm. all the organizations all think they know what they can do to be successful. So as a variable in selecting, it doesn't matter. All the GMs, even the, even David Gettleman thinks he knows what he's doing. So since they think they know what they're doing, they all think they're a good landing spot. They all think they're the right place for these players to be. So when it comes to making the selections, that variable actually doesn't matter, even though obviously when achieving the result, it really does matter where where you end up. Okay. Okay. So, Khalid, right. one last thing, one last thing to, to your point here before we move on. So, you know, we talked about why it's so important and it's worth swinging and taking a risk on quarterback because you need that great quarterback, Okay. So back to the 2005 draft where Aaron Rodgers was the 24th overall pick and he slid for whatever reason. So, so he's a jerk off. So it he's doesn't a bad matter. guy. He's a bad guy. Some, <laughs> some of the teams. So here are some of the teams that passed that passed on him in 2005. Um, so he was picked 24th at 18 was the Minnesota Vikings. So they've been struggling for quarterback between they went Cunningham, Culpepper, like literally nothing cousins, right? Um, the St. Louis Rams, the next year they'd pick up Mark Bulger. So they chose Mark Bulger over Aaron Rodgers. And instead they took Alex Barron, an offensive tackle. Wrong. Uh, the Cowboys took uh, Marcus Spears, who is okay on ESPN. The Jacksonville Jaguars, <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars took Matt Jones, a wide receiver out of Arkansas. Nope, that should have been Aaron Rodgers. The Baltimore Ravens took Mark Clayton. Nope, the Ravens did not have a good quarterback for years. They got Flacco like three or four years after this, right? Could have been Aaron Rodgers. The Oakland Raiders took Fabian Washington. Nope, should have been Aaron Rodgers. And the thing is, each one of those teams had a chance to lock up this Hall of Fame quarterback, and they didn't take the they didn't take the swing on it. And what would they have been giving up? Like if the Cowboys had taken Aaron Rodgers and he failed, or they took Marcus Spears, what's the difference? 
right? You only have a downside if you would have passed on a player that would have been a huge smash hit anyways. And the upside of drafting the great quarterback is higher than the upside of any other position. That's why it is always worth the risk to to take a quarterback with high with high upside. Okay, point taken. All right, point taken. so so speaking of quarterbacks with high upside and the risk and have we're taking, the San Francisco 49ers did not take Mac Jones third overall. They traded up and took Trey Lance third overall. And you know, I said on Thursday that I was so excited for this because Trey Lance is the exact type of quarterback that you take this sort of swing on, not Mac Jones. And I use the analogy that Mac Jones on Madden is going to be between 81 and 88 100% of the time. He's not going to fail. He's going to be right in between there. Trey Lance is going to be a 65 or a 95. And you need that 95. You need that top-level quarterback to really th- – I mean, the 49ers have one of the best rosters of football, and Jimmy Garoppolo made a Super Bowl, but that's it. You know – you get the quarterback, you try to get that great quarterback in there. I just absolutely love the Trey Lance pick for them. What about you, Matt? What do you think of that pick? I think this speaks to situation. Last year, I spoke a lot about how Kyle Shanahan showed his coaching chops with work doing so much with so little. They were in a lot of games at the end of the season, and I feel like this is a situation that makes a lot of sense for taking this kind of shot. Even though it's a you know, high high bust probability, but there's also a huge upside to it. Uh, they have a guy who's in there right now. He doesn't necessarily need to start. They picked a guy that works for the scheme that they're trying to run, a solid coach with, you know, a solid plan. And that's why I think this works out. And that's why I think it speaks to, you know, landing spot makes a lot of sense. Would Mac Jones have worked out for them? Probably. But is he the guy that's going to work perfectly and have the ability to succeed specifically in this system? Not necessarily. This is why I think Dave is correct in that this works out because everything is right for this situation to be successful. Whether he takes that opportunity is another thing. But when you're doing the evaluation, you got to look at what are we trying to do? What are this? What are these? This player's you know skills? What are their weaknesses? And what are the things that we can coach? What are the things that we can work on? And that's why I think this works out. Did um. Uh, refresh my memory. Did Jimmy get hurt from a, from a hit protection issues, or did he just, did he just fell apart, just wear and tear? I can't remember why, why. Is it a high ankle, ankle sprain? So there was. So that was the one. The the shit field in New Jersey. Was that that game? <laughs> no, no, that was. That, he didn't get hurt in that game. He got hurt a little bit later in the year, I believe. I believe. Um, but yeah. the point is, like, even if Jimmy Garoppolo were perfectly healthy, it's the same. It's the same situation the Lions are in. Like you have to, he's not good enough. You know, they, they traded for him. They didn't know what they would get. They found out what they got. He's not good enough, you know, so you got to move on. But, but why would the, why would the Patriots, like, why was that a big thing when Jimmy got jettisoned out there in the first place and the Patriots were so high on him? Well, not pay, well, let me say Bill Belichick was so high on him. He gets out there. Um, we find out who he really is, but so you're telling me that, Given durability issues, he couldn't work for any other team in the league. Like he couldn't be a quarterback, started starting quarterback for any other team in the league right now. If if this kid, if Trey comes in there and just like takes the job, like you know, week one, week two, you're not looking at third overall to draft a quarterback who's a, who can start in the league. You're looking to draft a multiple Super Bowl winner with Hall of Fame potential. Jimmy G is not that, right? So. Again, you're trying you're trying to improve at the position. Jimmy G's ceiling is capped. 
he can only be so good. His floor is also very high. He can only be so bad. But the thing is, a high floor doesn't win Super Bowls consistently, right? The high ceiling does. And so since he doesn't have the high ceiling, you have to improve on him, right? Jimmy G is not a garbage quarterback. Derek Carr is not a garbage quarterback. Jared Goff is not a garbage quarterback. None of them have the ceiling necessary to compete year in and year out to win Super Bowls. That's why they're going to swing on on Trey Lance. And at third overall, that's what you have to try to do. Okay. Um, the other court, the, uh, there's two other quarterbacks that went. The next one was Justin Fields. So Justin Fields goes at 11 to the Bears. The Bears trade up from number 20. They come up to 11 with the Giants. And the Giants, uh, Dave Gettleman had never traded down. So good job. Uh, that good job didn't last very long. Good job, Dave Gettleman. Trades down to 20. Bears come up to 11. They take Justin Fields, who in my mind is the second best quarterback prospect in this class. Um, same thing, super high ceiling. And you know what? Andy Dalton's not a terrible quarterback. He's getting a little older, but he's not a terrible quarterback. What, are you kidding? He's not terrible, but... Are you kidding, Dave? Yeah, he's not okay. terrible. And okay. Andy, Andy Dalton, prime Andy Dalton would be the best quarterback the Jets have had in your lifetime, except Chad Pennington. So, like, calm it down a little bit. Um, Andy Dalton. Let me bring up Andy Dalton's numbers. Yeah, Andy Dalton. He's fine. He's fine. But the point is, like, he clearly is not. It has never been. Have a high enough ceiling to win a couple Super Bowls. He was good enough to get the Bengals to the playoffs a few times. But, you know, so the, the Bears do the right thing here. They go for this this big swing on this quarterback. And, of course, I'm so mad about it because I wanted the Lions to take Justin Fields at seven. They pass on him, and he ends up going to the division rival. But here's the thing, Cleve. Here's the bit of information that I wanted you to know. It has been strongly rumored by credible people that mm-hmm. the reason the Bears had to trade up to get Justin Fields wasn't because of the, the, wasn't because of the Patriots at 15. It's because of the Vikings at 14. The Vikings would have taken Justin Fields if he was there at fourteen. Yeah, I mean, you you said you said it to us on on the show on the Twitch feed that he wasn't gonna get out of the um, obviously get out of the first round, but he wasn't gonna get off like he was gonna be gotten in in the first fifteen picks. I think you said or first twelve. Yes, but the thing is, the Vikings were going to take him. The Vikings have Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is definitely better than Jimmy G. He's definitely better than Jared Goff. And yeah. they were going to take him anyways because Kirk Cousins doesn't have the ceiling that they're looking for, right? Even though Kirk Cousins, like, is a perfectly good quarterback. He's corny as hell, but he's a perfectly good quarterback. Mm-hmm. And the Vikings were still about to try to swing on somebody else. You know, the league is really catching on that if you don't have a great quarterback, you really don't have a quarterback. And so you yeah. gotta you got to be going for him. And so that's why I wanted the Lions. If, if he was good enough to replace Kirk Cousins, he's good enough to replace Jared Goff. <laughs> okay. All right. And then the last the last quarterback in the first round we had was uh, Mac Jones to the Patriots. Matt, let us know what you thought about that. So from what I understand, uh, there was sort of a mutual agreement between Bob Kraft and Bill about, you know, if there's a quarterback, take if there's a quarterback at 15, and I think they had their choices between two and mine, uh, they were going to take one. They, I believe they were not going to trade up to get one. Uh, they were kind of standing pat where they were. And I know everybody, you know, doesn't like Mac Jones. He's not mobile. Uh, you know, he's got a, a you know high floor, all that good stuff. 
I do feel like he does fit with whatever it is that they're trying to do, whatever they've built the team around. The money that they spent in free agency, uh, the way that they drafted even after Mac Jones suggests that they want to be a run-heavy, uh, defense-heavy team and do the double tight end sets and things like this. Uh, do I think he can succeed being somewhere in the 80s on Madden? I think he can. Obviously, they have a coaching staff who uh, you know, has the ability to, to think on their feet, uh, scheme on their feet, and I think that it is a good, I mean, considering that they didn't have to give up anything to get it, uh, that's why I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, and, you know, it's going to be just like any picking any other year. You take, a, you take the quarterback that you have, and then it either works out or it doesn't. And if it doesn't work out, then the franchise is going to be set back again, and they're going to have to take that swing again. And that's just the way that it is, right, Dave? I mean, you've got to do what you can to take a quarterback. And they were at 15. They weren't going to trade. And I don't necessarily disagree with it. Um, because they've already mortgaged a lot of the future to win in the now with Brady in those last few years. Um, and they've got to think a little bit differently this time. And so they were at 15. They didn't move. Mac Jones was there and they took him. And I think that that's the solid way to go, given how everything else played out and given, you know, what they're working with right now. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's exactly right. And the thing is that Mac Jones came in for a lot of grief when people thought he was going to be taking third overall ahead of Trey Lance and ahead of Justin Fields. Once, like, 15, after the other quarterbacks are gone, it's a perfectly fine spot for Mac Jones to go. And it's a great pick for the Patriots because if his rookie deal coincides with the end of Belichick's career, then they can spend, like, gangbusters at every other position. And obviously, I think Bill Belichick can get the most out of not the most talented quarterbacks. Like, as long as they're hardworking and smart, because Tom Brady's not the most talented guy in the world, but he's very hardworking, very smart, and, like, kind of insane. So, you know, I think that Belichick's thinking, okay, just give me somebody close to that who's not going to lose the game for me. We'll spend money on some of these other places, and we got the next four or five years, and here we go. And so I, I like the pick just fine. Mm -hmm. You have any thoughts, Cleve? Um... Well, I, you know, I think they said why he might have dropped is that his recall wasn't wasn't great. It's, you know, it is different verbiage in the NFL. And, you know, it's, there's learning curve for all these quarterbacks. I mean, to play quarterback, period, you got to have some level of smarts, I think, and athleticism. Um, I did I did agree with you guys that Mac Jones um, probably wasn't um, better than Justin. So I, I think they landed where they needed to. But him going to the Patriots was kind of a shock to me that that would have happened. Not because Cam's there, but it's just that I I didn't think that he was going to fall, you know, to 16. It's 16 where well, you guys got him, right? 15. 15? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I didn't think he was going to fall that far. Um, he said that he secretly wanted to go there. So obviously he wants to be there. Um, we'll see if the Patriot way is kind of his thing because – Saban and um and Belichick are really good friends. That's that lends to something in that relationship, but we'll see. You know, if he because Bill's tough. You know, you guys have all seen it, whether in a loss or a win. Bill's Bill's Bill. You know, and we'll see if he can do that. Our guy, um, which you guys didn't bring up at all. Basically, I, I'm just worrying about him being in New York City, um, being the way he was. Did you guys see that that uh that photo meme? of him and the other quarterbacks to celebrating. He just looked totally uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was, him, it was him and the other like top, <laughs> top picks. And they're all like, they're all these young black guys. They're all just swagged out. Um, 
And then there's Zach Wilson in his nice suit and his military <laughs> Mormon cut. Um, I, I don't think Zach Wilson's going to have a problem. And the reason we didn't talk about Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence is that we've known for a long time where they would be going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's what I figured. Yeah. Um, and, but but just, to be, just to get on the record, I think that both of them are fine picks. I would have taken Lance or Fields ahead of Wilson. But all three of them are the same low floor, high ceiling options. So it's about preference for the organization at that point. So, you. so I don't think the Jets made a bad pick. They picked a the quarter. I would have taken Fields there, but mm-hmm. it's the same. It's the same thing. And then they're making the decision based on who they think is best. So good for them. And then Lawrence, of course. So they're both good picks. If it doesn't work out, it's not because they had a bad strategy, right? Gotcha. Okay. Um, I do want to talk about some bad picks in the first round that we had here. Um, and there were a lot, there were a lot of really bad picks. There were a lot of really good picks. And a lot of people will say like, you can't judge draft picks as, you know, right after the draft, you have to see them play for three years and blah, blah, blah. But that's not true. That's judging the result. You can judge the strategy of the draft immediately, right? You don't need, you don't need to wait to see how the players do, because really, we don't really know how any of these players are going to do. Um, mm-hmm. Except we know Trevor Lawrence is going to be pretty good, and we know one of these players is going to be pretty bad. The rest could be all over the place, but you can still know, like, they shouldn't have done this, or they should have done this instead, just just by what they drafted. So, Jay, Dave, before you say yeah. that, who, who was number one last year, quarterback? Joe Burrow. Drafted. Joe Burrow. And Justin Herbert was what, three? Third, third yeah. It went, third? It went yeah. Uh, Burrow went first, Tua went fifth, Herbert went sixth overall. Okay. And barring barring um, Burrow's injury, barring Burrow's injury, um, Herbert had the better season, right? Yes, yeah. I mean, they both lost. They both lost a ton of games and put up decent numbers. I mean, it was is is pretty close. But Herbert's also on a much better team. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot easier to win to, to be look good at quarterback. You get to throw to Keenan Allen and hand it to Austin Eckler and have Joey Bosa. So, okay. Um, now for this year, you know, teams that made bad picks in the first round, the first thing that come to mind are the Lions, Panthers, and Broncos, who were seven, eight, and nine. And they took Panay Sewell, JC Horn, and Patrick Sertan Jr. all in a row. This has nothing to do with any of those three players. I really like Sertan and Sewell uh anyways, like as, as prospects. I think they're gonna be really good. Horn's got a lot of upside. The issue is all three of those teams should have taken fields. The Lions, the Panthers, and the Broncos all should have taken fields. The Lions, because, like, get your quarterback in there. You've had Stafford. Get the next one. The Panthers and the Broncos have decent rosters, right? If you were to put a Pro Bowl quarterback on either of those teams, those are Super Bowl caliber teams. Panthers might need some defense, but they're at least, like, getting up there, right? If you just put Dak on the Broncos, like, oh, my God, right? But that says a lot about... Where the, where the team's thinking, um, as Matt would always say to us, where like where the needs are and wh- what they're thinking. So so they were thinking that we got Darnold and, and in the Panthers, so we're mm-hmm. we're good. We're good at quarterback, so we're not going to take a chance on a rookie quarterback coming in when we got technically a rookie uh, quarterback sitting in that seat now. That's correct. And here's the thing: so the Lions were like, "This is not our year. We want because we're going to suck this year." Next year, we might get our first choice of quarterback, first or second behind Houston, right? So they might be in the Lawrence-Wilson tier, right, where they could do that next year. The Panthers are thinking, we have Sam Darnold, and we think he has unexplored ceiling because Adam Gase sucks. So we're yep. going <laughs> to stick with him. And the Broncos are probably thinking, we're going to trade for Aaron Rodgers, 
Yeah. Right? And so the thing is, Aaron Rodgers isn't on the squad yet, so you better get Justin Fields. If you trade for Aaron Rodgers, trade Justin Fields for him. Anyways, uh, man, I want to bring you in here because I just cited the Aaron Rodgers stuff, and uh, I want to get your thoughts on, like, the whole Aaron Rodgers situation. Do you think he'll be traded? Do you think he'll be traded to the Broncos? And just in general, what you think about it? Um, it's funny. I, I, I'm sure I'm probably going to have a fairly unpopular opinion here, but it's kind of a multifaceted opinion because uh, I am firmly pro-player when it comes to situations for the most part. Um, the NFL is a really cutthroat business. Uh, once you are used up, I'll put that in quotes, uh, these teams really have no issue getting rid of you uh, because they need to think about the future. And so, you know, the contracts are not guaranteed. Obviously, there's guaranteed money, you know, involved and so forth. But it's not like baseball where you sign a contract and you pretty much don't have to do anything and get all the money in that contract. Um, and so I totally understand a player, in this particular case, it's Aaron Rodgers, wanting to look out for themselves. I, I do get that. I do get the frustration about feeling as if the organization has um, let him down and, you know, personally with... Uh, some of the decisions that they've made without consulting, uh, the lack of communication specifically in the NFC Championship game last year. And I think what's really at the crux of this is the lack of communication around we're going to take a quarterback and look out for our future, where, Dave, you mentioned Vikings were going to take fields. They did tell Kirk Cousins that we're going to do that if this if this happens. And it's mm -hmm. not like they necessarily owe him that, but I do think that that courtesy is, is certainly appreciated when, you know, a guy like Rodgers has given... Um, his all to that organization has played many, many good years. And it's not as if he's washed up right now. They He won the MVP last year with uh, really just one weapon. And uh, they had a chance to go to the Super Bowl, possibly even win the Super Bowl. So I, I understand all of that. And I certainly can can sympathize and empathize with that, with that part of it. We've all been in a situation in some capacity where we have expected the situation to be better. It has not turned out that way. And I think voicing your opinion is one thing. The part about it that I, I take sort of a little bit of, you know, I'm a little taken aback by is how uh, he's not really willing to put his name on it directly. You know, the, the announcement right before the draft uh, sort of comes off to me as making it more about him and less about the team's future. And I understand the frustration. Uh, but to me, uh, if you want to pull the leverage card, if you want to, you know, pull the card of, Hey, I'm the franchise guy. I've given a lot to this organization, and I feel as if I want to be able to go out, uh, you know, on a winning note and do what I can for, for this team and, and all that. And I just feel as if the, the the timing of it was just off for me. It does make me feel as if there is a selfish nature to it, understanding that, again, he's not been totally weaponless his entire career there. Exactly. I know that, I know that they have wasted a lot of years, you know, having Mike McCarthy not necessarily doing being proactive about getting some of the talent that could have made them better but ultimately it wasn't as if he was on the you know like on the lions dave where you had nothing right they're putting nothing out there and so that part of it kind of gets to me i also wanted to talk very briefly i made the mistake of diving into patriots twitter the other day uh about an article <laughs> about an article and, and you all know I, I'm a Patriots fan, but I do have an issue with identifying with the fan base as a whole because they have become the thing that every every other fan base despises. They've become that winning winning fan base who doesn't understand what they're looking at, doesn't appreciate what they've seen, and truly, honestly, just lack any sort of logic and reason. And it was an article about how Julian Edelman wasn't going to become a buck. And the comments about Brady and Gronk were just, oh, I, I, I almost chimed in and I thought this is not going to help at all. 
It's not gonna help my <laughs> mental sanity. And I'm thinking, they're like, they're such traitors. And I was like, do you understand what that wow. word means? Do you understand what that word actually <laughs> mm -hmm. means to be a traitor, right? They gave 20, like Brady gave 20 years, won six championships. Gronk gave his body, right? His body and his mental health, as we found out. And what did they get, right? The Patriots were going to dump them because the NFL is a cutthroat business. It's not a feelings business. But the funny part is the fans require the players to not be in their feelings, but are totally always living in their feelings. And it, mm -hmm. it just busts me up. And I'm like, the, I can't take it anymore where I'm like, I don't, I don't identify with those people because if you can't appreciate the success that you had and you expect these players to bend over backwards for you, like what do they what do they owe you specifically? Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with what you said, Matt, about um what have you done for me lately? Um it's 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 a, such a cutthroat business that we forget that that these guys are human beings as well. These guys are trying to make a living, these guys are also, you know, have have given time to an organization to not, you know, to be called a traitor. It's it's a little harsh. I would say. Um, so yeah, so New England, I don't feel sorry for you. Whatever. Um, getting into the Aaron Rodgers thing for me, I think what got his goat was the end of last year, that game where um there was a uh, you know, debacle at play calling and thought we had four down territory here and all this stuff, and he's waving guys off and guys are coming back on and all that stuff. And he's like, Hey, I'm you know, I've been here for X amount of years. I've given I've given a lot of his organization, I should be given the, the um, fair amount of, you know, fair amount of share and blame and, and, and whatever to, to call his victory. But I always hear about how he's kind of like a hard guy to get along with. You know, I think he wants the GM fired. If he stays, he, like he wants some kind of action to happen or something to happen. But again, to Matt's point, you don't wait to the fucking draft and then not even put your name on it to say, Hey, you know what? I want out. Well, well, then why say this today? This could have this could have been said a month ago, or this could have said after the draft. You know, like you you're taking it the wrong way. Um, Dave, what do you think about Aaron Rodgers and this and this and this whole situation? I think Aaron Rodgers, because unfortunately I have some experience with uh, with this. I think Aaron Rodgers is in a toxic workplace, um, and he doesn't want to be there anymore, and he's doing everything he can to get out of it. And the problem is that. Uh, for the rest of us, we could just do something to get fired if we really wanted to be out, or we could just quit and get a different job. The problem is that Aaron Rodgers can't just get fired and he can't just quit. He could retire, I guess, but he doesn't get paid. His only option is for the team to voluntarily decide to move him. Uh, and they're not going to want to do that because he's so good. So he has to do things as damaging to the organization as possible in order to get out of the toxic workplace. And I back him 100%. He could, I don't care if he comes out the day of the draft, he could have done it while they were on the clock. For all I care, like he's he is so sick of them, and he's been telling them for so long, and it's been brewing. Because remember, they were like, "Oh, he and the coach, the floor don't get along," and like they sort of worked it out. And now it's him and the GM, and then they trade up for Jordan Love, and they kick the field goal. Like the thing is, he put up with Mike McCarthy being a donkey forever. The Fleur comes in, still a donkey. Obviously, it's clear Aaron Rodgers is the reason they're winning all these games, and he's like, "I'm sick of this." You know, the teams are drafting these quarterbacks to try to reach ceiling. Well, this ceiling reaching quarterback is looking at his organization. He goes, we're going 13 and three and losing the playoffs every single year because I'm surrounded by morons. So get me somewhere else. And he's probably been, he probably started out like sending DMs and being like, hey, I'd like to be traded. And they're like, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. So right before the draft, boom, 
he goes public with it and says, I want you to do this. Like, I back him 100%. That is not to say, I think he might also be kind of difficult to get along with, especially in NFL sense. He's very, like, hippie, you know, sort of out there sort of type. Um, so, in, like, in an NFL environment, he could be difficult to get along with. But the mm-hmm. thing is, he's a winner and he's really good, so he should not be that hard to get along with. The Packers' ownership should have been bending towards him for the last 10 years anyways. But that's um, the problem. Their ownership structure is different from all the other 31 teams. Only when, it comes to, only when it comes to financials. There's still people in charge making decisions. Yeah, well, well that's what I meant. By, by, by the, like, their GM is trying to get out in front of it and, you know, give the company line, like, hey, we, you know, we want him here and all this other stuff. But there was a report yesterday that, oh, you know, he wants him fired. But like, like Matt said, he's not putting his name on anything. It's all speculation. And it's just brewing up a lot of stuff. Um, I didn't like how he, whether you got along with the coach or not, you did win a Super Bowl with with McCarthy. And for him to say the guy's archaic and all that, we knew this. You didn't have to say that. But we we all could see that. You got Aaron Rodgers, you should have more than one Super Bowl. But again, you're, in, you're up against Brady. And, and Peyton, those were your contemporaries. So it's very hard to say, well, I should have had more more than one Super Bowl and stuff like that. Um, lastly, my thing about the Aaron Rodgers thing is that um, if he if he if he is traded, aren't, aren't, like doesn't he owe them like twenty something million dollars? After after June first, the money gets split into two different like over two different years. So the trade should happen after June first. Okay. But the thing is. They could have reached an agreement with they say with the Broncos a month ago and been like, okay, June first, we're gonna trade Aaron Rodgers with your ninth overall pick. Take this player because that's who we want, and we'll trade you Aaron Rodgers for that player. And for all we know, they did it with Sertan. Like this could actually be wrapped up. We could, he could be a Bronco coming up here in no time. It's just gonna be until June first. Um, but they didn't do it a while ago, or else Rodgers never would have said anything. Right? Yeah. They clearly had not agreed to it up until the day before the draft. So that's why he came out to say it, because he realizes that the most valuable asset a team to trade for him has is their first overall pick, though, their first round pick. So if it would so after the draft, then the other teams, what they can offer is gone. So I I back him 100 percent in the way that he's going about this, the way he's trying to get it done. And it's just very clear from all the things that have happened over the years that while he might be difficult to get along with, they are incompetent and they don't care about him. Yeah, in the in the last few months, we've all seen. Um, you know, obviously the show hasn't been running um, until now. We've all seen where Russell, um, uh, Deshaun Watson, and Aaron Rodgers have said to Matt's point, "Hey, I want to be in the loop here. What you guys are doing or what's going on? You think this is going to trend up to all the other guys, or you think because we always thought Russell was the company guy, the ultimate company guy, but then I guess Sierra was like, "Hey, ask for more money." Ask for this, ask for a trade or whatever it is. Maybe he found his balls then. But <laughs> do you guys think this is a trending thing where these quarterbacks now are going to be like, hey, like how the NBA does it? Where these guys know that they have some leverage, some leverage that they can force the hands here or what? I think it's like a, yes. like a mutiny? Uh, yes, I think the answer is 100% yes. And I think that they should. Matt? Yeah, I think there's there's one solution to this for everybody. Five letters here. Just for everybody out there in Packerland and yourself today. R E L A X. I think that solves everybody's problem. Well, it's That's certainly good. gonna solve the Broncos. It is going to solve the Broncos problem. Um 
also, if you're out there uh, and you're listening to this and you want a decent bet, a futures bet that you can make, again, this is not financial advice, do your own research, but you can bet the Broncos to win the next Super Bowl right now at way lower odds than you're going to get if they trade for Aaron Rodgers. So, <laughs> so if you if you think that the Broncos are going to get Aaron Rodgers and put him with that with that really good team, go put a little go put a little little money on uh, the Broncos to win the next Super Bowl right now while you can still get the non Aaron Rodgers money. Um, let me okay. ask you guys. So, okay, hold on, hold on. Before, so let me. This is a question for both you guys. So, all right, and this is I'm using Cam as the example here. So, obviously, whatever Cam was doing up until he got hurt was working in Carolina, but then he gets to the Patriots. Some unmitigating factors happen, and he, you know, doesn't it doesn't pan like the year was not really great. Do you think Aaron Rodgers going to the Broncos or any other team? It automatically he's automatically he's going to fit in that system and that yes. scheme, or does or does he have to, or does he have to convert over to what they're doing? Because Cam Cam can't play the same brand of football in Carolina in New England. We we know that's not going to happen. If if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Broncos, he will have maybe the most talented supporting cast that he's ever had. They don't have a player who's better than Devontae Adams. You know, Devontae Adams sing- singularly is better, but he's going to walk into Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Noah Fant, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, a decent offensive line. Von Miller is coming back this year, I think. Yeah. Um, like, they're... Like yeah, they're they're ready to go. His biggest issue there is that he's not going to be the best quarterback in his division anymore, which he's always been. Mahomes will be better. Other than mm-hmm. that, that team's ready to go. Like all they all they really need is a ceiling hitting quarterback, and 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 they're ready to go. So yeah, he's I think he'll fit in wherever. So all he does is run around and throw the ball accurately. Like <laughs> you know, he fits wherever he goes. Gotcha. I don't think it's a stretch to say that Aaron Rodgers' career isn't in jeopardy. Mm. All right, yeah. so moving forward, it'll be a two-man pod again. Sorry, Matt. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, now that you have a kid, you got the dad jokes, I see. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, so I do want to, um, you know, I wanted to talk about the Aaron Rodgers situation and the fandom at the Pats uh, situation, which, by the way, the Patriots fan base is awful for all sorts of reasons. And I do not include Matt amongst that group. He just roots for the same team as these animals, right? <laughs> He's not one of them. As I think that confusion spoke to some of our uh, um, offline offline consternation during the offseason. Yes, the Patriot fan base is terrible. Matt is not one of them. <laughs> Matt, does it's, your dad... Does your dad... Um, Think think that they're traitors? I, I need to know if no. he thinks they're traitors. This, this has actually been a great evolution because I used to call him after losses only. Not after wins, <laughs> only after losses, because I loved hearing him rant about the losses on a 14 and 2 team. However, <laughs> however, Brady left, and the the funny part is he and I are in the same camp that we are just, you know, thankful for that time right. and my stepmother is like oh he's a traitor and i was like well that's a swerve <laughs> because she used to be that she used to be the the reasonable one and be like well there's always next game and i'm like how did that change and i actually actively texted her during the super bowl and i was like tom tb12 and she was getting more and more upset because i was egging her on and i was just i was like how how does that happen i was like how do you look at 
what we just got from the man and not feel happy for his success. I mean, I, I don't under, I really don't get it. And so it was a little bit of a, a, a swerve because my father, I assume, would be that person. But he's actually super happy for them. And, want, you know, he's like, hey, look what we got. I mean, <laughs> look I mean, what she I got probably, out of it. She, she probably bought a brand new cooler for the parade and didn't get to use no. it. I just also want to, yeah, this is the same woman who told me a week before uh, the Super Bowl against the Giants, I guarantee they're going to win. And I was like, I hate you. So, you know, and here, and here's the thing, and here's the difference. And I mean, there are insane Lions fans too, but like by and large, like I am grateful for the four years we got with Kenny Galladay and we got like eight wins. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, he was so fun to watch, and he was so good to develop him, and I'm so glad he's getting paid, and good luck to you in your future, right? I'm happy for Barry that he retired all his money in both knees at 30. I'm happy for Calvin Johnson. Like, could you imagine if these players were Patriots, and they just retired in their primes? Man, oh, probably, man. Uh, there'd probably be a rampage coming out of Boston. <laughs> well, you guys marched on City Hall to get Matt Millen fired, so, I mean, I don't, I don't know what's, what's worse than that. Okay, first of all, we did not march on City Hall. We marched on Ford Field. Ford Field, I'm sorry. Which is which is not City Hall. City City Hall, Detroit was Joe Louis Arena. Let's get that. Let's get that straight. Um, you got to okay. send me a picture of you at that march. I need I need to see that. I mean, I, I, I know you have. I know you have one. I know you. Have so one. it was it was organized by the radio station I worked for at the time. So I'm like up in the front. I'm like pictures <laughs> holding of, a the flag and stuff. We're like they're all arm in arm and Selma walking the bridge. That's me walking down Woodward towards, towards <laughs> Ford Field. Like, we're going to get this guy fired. I got to see that. <laughs> gotta, yeah. You got to get that up. <laughs> yeah, it was it was, it was, was pretty awesome. And Dave, how many more wide receivers did he take after that rally? After that rally, he took one more wide receiver, and it was Calvin Johnson. So it All worked. Right. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go, bro. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Um, okay, so I do want to get back to some of the some of the other bad picks. I'm going to go through these kind of quick. Um, if you guys have thoughts on any of these, just jump in and start talking. Um, so the Eagles traded up with the Cowboys, a division rival, from 12 to 10 to draft Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winning wide receiver out of Alabama. And I don't I don't understand giving up assets for a wide receiver who's like six foot one seventy six. When they could have, knowing now what we know about the Bears wanting to come up to get Justin Fields, they could have traded down, gotten assets, and taken a different wide receiver at 20th overall. So I did not like that move at they, all. I mean, they want they want to replicate D-Jack. They want yeah, a small, they, small, fast receiver. Yeah, and they took Jalen they had Rager so much last success. Year. They took Jalen Rager last year, and Jalen Rager is a better pro prospect than Devontae Smith. So, like, why are you doing it twice? Right. You know what they need. They don't need another Deshaun Jackson. They need another Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. Right? And so that's why I just I just don't like it. They could have gotten assets and gotten a different wide receiver. Like, you know, they just could have gotten more than the value that they got. Uh, they found a comment on Smith. Smith might be an outlier. He might be really good. I'm just saying what they did and how to get it. I think um, the egregious part, too, is giving up assets to a team in your division who is yeah. already better, who is already better than you before that picky anyway. Yeah. Right. Pro probably. Exactly. Exactly. Now, they did it because the Giants were going to take Devontae Smith. So they did it to deny the player they wanted to another team in the division. So they probably see it as a wash, but still, I don't like it. 
Um, speaking of the NFC East, we have the Dallas Cowboys took uh, Micah Parsons, who I think is a great prospect. But this is like their third linebacker in the last five years. They took Jalen Smith in the second round uh, five years ago, who they just paid. Then they took Leighton Vander Esch two years ago in the first round. And now they take Micah Parsons in the first round. It's like, stop taking linebackers. Did they just cut him? They just cut Vander whatever. And they just got rid of him, right? No, Sean Sean Lee retired. They're practically the same guy, so you're fine. Yeah, yeah, they're very gritty white linebackers. (laughs) But um, uh, the point is, like, for (laughs) for the Cowboys, Rashawn Slater was there. Right, they need offensive line help. Slater and Sewell. Some teams had Slater higher up on their boards than Sewell. Right, they're picking twelfth. This is where you take the offensive lineman. It's a need on the team. Offense is your strength. You don't want Dak to get hurt again. You take Slater instead. So this isn't mm-hmm. a comment on Parsons as a prospect. It's a comment on what the Cowboys should have done, and they should have taken Slater. Okay. Um, oh, the next bad pick was the Raiders. Obviously, at seventeen, the Raiders always make bad picks in the first round. Uh, they took Alex Leatherwood. Now, in gambling markets, Alex Leatherwood had an over-under of 50.5 for where he would be taken. They took him at 17. So, I think they took him a little early. They could have traded back and gotten him because his over-under was 50, and they got him at 17. And so, now, this is a take that I want your guys' opinion on, starting with Matt. I think John Gruden is officially on the hot seat and is more likely to be fired after the season than not. Yep. Uh oh, John Gruden. Uh, I mean, I, I would love to hear his analysis. He's a football player. That's probably. I mean, I I would have to say I, I would have to say that the the, the Mayock Gruden uh, pairing they seem to be uh drafting in a way that suggests to everybody else that they know more than everybody else. When their track record to this to this point does not suggest that kind of success, and I find that arrogance to be so interesting because he really hasn't earned it in his comeback tour right i mean he's yeah. earning it because he's getting a hundred million friggin dollars and and all that but at the same time they haven't had success on the stat sheets right so like all the moves that they've made uh being on hard knocks like all the publicity you get around bringing gruden back i'm a raider for life all that it's really not bought them anything the investment really hasn't come to fruition yet and what is this year four yeah yeah it's and it's about to really not come to fruition this year because especially if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Broncos. So it's it's Rodgers, Mahomes, Herbert, yes, and Derek Carr and Alex Leatherwood. Like they're they're gonna win four games. Yeah. And I just I, it, this this is the, the point I was trying to make earlier, Cleve, about like the the scouting and the decision making. Like there's you have to make the decision on who you have available to you, but there's a second path about like the, you know the decision making separate from what's available, and it's like a lot of these teams haven't shown that they can make good decisions, decisions that necessarily will work out. Like the the position that they chose isn't necessarily bad, but the particular player at this spot, given what we have seen where this player has been slotted from people who who know a lot about these things, or at least you know seem to know a lot about these things, and that's where I wonder like. Would I want John Gruden to be my stock investment guy? Hell no, because he'd be like, oh, yeah, we're going to take all these things that look like they're not going to project out for five years, but we're going to take them and put all your money on them. I there is there. So I think that John Gruden doesn't own any Bitcoin or any Ethereum, but probably has like a million dollars worth of 
stellar lumens or something. He just like has it all <laughs> on just like this random coin that nobody else has. He's like, I'm not taking Bitcoin. Everybody knows about it. Give me, you know, give me my Cardano. That's all I want. Like that's that's John Gruden. Like he thinks he's hip and he's with it, but he just he 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 thinks he's smarter than everybody and he's just not. It's not working out. Um, he never. Teams, Oh, he never, I'm sorry, he never, so Carr wasn't his, like, when he got the team, when he got the job, Carr was there, Carr wasn't his guy, and he's clearly kind of made that in subtle, non-subtle ways, this is not my guy, um, first, first trade I can get him on, he's out of here, and then they, uh, was, uh, was Khalil Mack traded under his watch or no? Yes, immediately. So, yeah, so, to both your points, like what if I'm the if I'm a fan there I'm like what so what are we looking forward to this year or next year what are we doing here? Uh, losing is what they're doing, and yeah. they're gonna be doing they're gonna be doing a lot of it. Um, uh, speaking of, of teams that are just run by complete morons, we have the Giants who make this great move trading back to twenty with Chicago. Chicago get Fields, so they acquire assets. They get another first round pick of the draft next year, which is shaping up to be a really good draft. So that's great. Then at 20, they draft Kadarius Tony. And I am hesitant anymore to be able to say, I know that person is going to be a bust. Um, since I am gun shy because of McNabb. Kadarius Tony, <laughs> Kadarius Tony sucks. He sucks. Like he's not good. And so they draft, he's he's small. He's a true senior. So he's been he's been in college all four years. So he's old. He didn't have a breakout year until his last year. He went to Florida, so he was never the number one option on his team. He was stuck behind Kyle Pitts, right, as the top option on the team. He is a backup slot receiver this year for them, right, because they're going to have Sterling Shepard. So they have Shepard, Slayton, Galladay, Ingram, Saquon coming back. Uh, I think your skill position players you might be set at, you don't need to take a backup slot receiver at 20, Christian Derrissaw is on the board at offensive line. Quiddy Pay is on the board at defensive line. And you take Kadarius Tony. This is the worst pick of the first round by far. He sucks. He's not going to do anything. He's not going to help them this year at all. And I immediately went and put more money on the Washington football team to win the division after this pick. He's going to be a great punt returner for them. That's pretty much it. It's <laughs> pretty much I mean, it. Kadarius Tony is going to make a lot of plays that are going to make that are going to make me look really dumb. The problem is he's going to make them for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. He will not be making them <laughs> for the New York Giants. All right, so Matt, put that in the time capsule so we can revisit this like week eight or something like that to say, hey, Dave, you were absolutely on the spot on the money. Or Dave, hey, can I get some of that Ethereum that you got? <laughs> oh. <laughs> get, get, Gettleman. Uh, yeah, the funny part is, is uh, Gettleman seriously drinks his own Kool-Aid and he's almost worse than, than John Gruden in that respect because apparently he got trending in the, the war room for the Giants that he was trade down Dave when he's never traded down before. So like all of a sudden you're trade down Dave when you just started doing it today. Like, I don't understand how, and I, and like, he also was on when asked about like trading for the third pick, and he's like, "All oh, these teams want you know the third pick for a, a pretzel, a hot dog, and a pack of peanuts. Get out of here!" And then he ended up you know taking uh, Saquon Barkley, which you know <laughs> great. So his track, and he also reached for Daniel Jones. Like I just love the idea that he would uh, self create a nickname for himself based off of his absolute shit track record. Like Gettleman. 
<laughs> like we uh, we know him by last name. We don't we don't talk. We we yeah. I, I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know his fucking first name. I don't even know. I, his fucking I, last. I, I didn't I didn't know his first name was Dave, and my name is Dave. <laughs> and when you said trade down Dave, I thought you were talking about me. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's a nice nickname. I like that. And you're talking about gentleman. I realized his name was Dave. Just another embarrassing Dave. But there was Spade, Duchovny, Schwimmer. No, they, but there's a there's only one heater Dave. Heater, Dave. Well, Gettleman also (laughs) talked last year. It was so great. Last year, the year before, about getting guys in to do analytics. And he's clearly a white guy and old enough who doesn't know a darn thing about computers because he was like, we got people to come in here and do software. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense, Dave. He's got his floppy disk out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm like that. Yeah, like. Don't don't you know? Maybe you're the team that shouldn't you shouldn't use analytics at all because if you're calling it, we're going to do software. That's probably probably not the right avenue for you to be successful. Just keep going with your gut and just get fired. Yeah, no Surface tablet. We're going to do our binders. We got binders out there. Great. I I bet I bet American dollars on the Giants winning that division after some of the moves they made in the off season, and then they messed up the draft so bad. I. I like I can't take it back. Actually, I could cash it out, I guess, but I don't want to do that. Uh, but I could. So I was like, I have to just put more money on Washington now because, like, I can't be having this big position on the Giants. They're run by morons. Yeah. Um, Who's their quarterback, oh, by the way? Washington. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzy. Yeah. Hall of Fame Fitzy. Oh yes, yes, yes. Fitzy. Fitzy on his what is it twenty eighth year? Jesus. Yeah. Yep, they're gonna go. They're gonna go. Fitzpatrick gangbusters with a solid defense and see what they can do. So I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start trending Fitz Cannon. I mean, uh, Fitz Canton, because you yeah, know, he's, I, he's going. He's going. I right? hope. Yes, he is. I hope. I hope they win a fucking Super Bowl. I swear to God, he leads them right into a Super Bowl, bro. I would also be okay with that result. That would be okay <laughs> for me. I, I would end up with a lot more Ethereum if Washington <laughs> wins the uh, wins the wins the Super Bowl. That'd be <laughs> that'd be perfectly fine by me. Um, oh okay. shit! So uh, I just have a couple more bad picks to get through here. I'm going to label the put the next two together. The Steelers took Najee Harris, running back of Alabama. The Jags took Travis Etienne, running back out of Clemson at 24 and 25. And again, these are terrible picks because they don't make the teams that much better. For the Jaguars, they already have James Robinson. The rest of the team is trash. Like you need help elsewhere. Well, to your point, to your point, Dave, he was undrafted, right? Yes. The the guy. Yeah. So it shows you the value. So let me ask both of you this. So as we see over the last five, six years now, I said for Saquon Barkley, the running backs have been just devalued like what do you think is going on with these running back picks it's because they can't catch out the backfield or teams no, no, are both, really really both of these players are good players right like uh for fantasy football this year Najee Harris is a first round pick like I'm not talking about them as players I'm talking about the, the reason is the reason is twofold one they get hurt way too frequently to be worth the risk two the they're they can be replaced much more easily it is easier to replace a star running back to replace their production if not their threat than it is to replace a top wide receiver right the Packers can replace Aaron Jones with Jamal Williams they cannot replace Devontae Adams with Equinemia Satan Brown so the Titans can't replace Derrick Henry with whoever their backup is they, but they can replace a lot more easily they can replace AJ Brown right who's yeah, AJ Brown's true. backup right yeah that's um, true so right it's it's not about a like for like replacement it's about where the drop off is going to be 
Mm-hmm. Um, so the Jaguars had other positions they needed to fill in in ATN. The Steelers are a pretty good team. The problem, though, is that how much better does Najee Harris make them? Like, for them last season to be better than the Bills and the Chiefs, which running back would they have needed? If they had had Delvin Cook, would they have been better than the Chiefs last year? No. If they had had Christian McCaffrey, would they have been better than the Chiefs last year? No. Alvin Kamara? No. Derrick Henry? Mm, no. Right. So it doesn't matter what running back they would add to the team. They still would be better than the Chiefs or even the Bills, which is what their, their goal needs to be this year. Because they only got one more year with Ben at quarterback. Yeah, but but the, the, the running back play was detrimental. It was horrendous. You had four guys getting getting tossed into that blender. None right, of them we, were getting getting any yards. Right, but you just had to put Alvin Kamara on the team instead. It wouldn't have mattered. It, they would have no, been better, I mean, but not better than the Chiefs or the Bills. Yeah, so the if, if, if Alvin Kamara wouldn't make them better than the Chiefs or the Bills, Najee Harris isn't going to either. That's Correct. why this is a bad pick. They need to take a pick with the first round this year that can help them beat the Chiefs and the Bills this year, and Najee Harris wasn't it. They'd be better off drafting uh, a lineman to block for a B running back that can sign off the street. They're trying to draft an A running back who isn't going to make them better than the teams that need to be better than. That's why it's yes. a bad pick. Even though I think Najee Harris is the man, he's going to put up good numbers, he's going to be good in fantasy. They're not better than the Chiefs, they're not better than the Bills, and they're no longer better than the Ravens. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then the Packers, just real quick, the Packers didn't take a, uh, anything, they took a cornerback a out of Georgia. So, <laughs> did, did you guys, did you guys happen to catch, um, Thomas Fletcher is the uh, long snapper that the Carolina Panthers um, uh, took. Did you did you guys ever catch this? Uh, if you haven't, you got to catch it like on YouTube or whatever. His reaction when they called him. Yeah, he was he was calling the owner, dude. He was like, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll walk there, dude. He was just <laughs> so happy that he got drafted. <laughs> So two twenty set like two twenty two whatever was when they drafted him, but yeah. yeah. So I, I I actually have a take on this, and I think that Carolina reached on their long snapper because I think Thomas Fletcher was the second best long snapper in the draft. And I the, think so. And the only reason that I actually a legitimate opinion that I have, I'm not making a joke. It's because Cam Cheeseman from Michigan was drafted by the Washington Football Team with the next pick. And Cheeseman won like all the awards for best long snapper, like whatever the Bolitnikoff is for long snapping. <laughs> Cheeseman won it, and you know the the I actually got spoiled for Michigan. There has been a bad snap at Michigan at the college level for four years. Like that doesn't happen. College yeah. is always over the head or too low or to the side. It's just been perfect every single time. So I actually think that the Fletcher pick was a bad pick. They should have taken Cheeseman instead. Put that in the time capsule too. We got these <laughs> hot long snapper takes. Yeah, it was just, it was great. Like you could tell he was he was bonged up probably, <laughs> and he's like or having a beer, and he's like, oh my god, they, they're you know they're calling me. Great, great, great stuff. Yep. Um. So just real quick here, I want to talk about a couple. This, I want to skip to just two teams that made really good picks because it relates to what I was saying about the Steelers and the Steelers not getting any better. Um. I want to point out Cleveland, who at twenty six took Greg Newsom, a corner out of Northwestern who was really good value at the place that they got him. He's a perfect fit for them on their defense. And like the Browns, the Ravens and the Steelers have always been really good at drafting. And the AFC North in general has been good, but the Browns have caught up with the Ravens and the Steelers in terms of how good they are at drafting. 
and they're there. Like the Browns are a, are a good team and franchise now. Like they've done it. They have. It's not like a one one year thing like the Jaguars a few years ago. Like this is this this is a good a good a good pick and a good team. The second is the Ravens. And the Ravens took a step back last year, but they are so sharp. They know what they're doing, and they're going to bounce right back this year. They take Rashad Bateman at uh, 27 overall. The only two pass catchers in this entire draft I would take over Rashad Bateman are Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts. Not Devontae Smith, not Jalen Waddell, certainly not Kadarius Tony Gettleman. Rashad Bateman is a true number one caliber wide receiver prospect. You know, Marquise Brown is undersized, so he's going to be very boomer bust. Mark Andrews is a tight end. This team can now pass more because they took Rashad Bateman. In the fourth or fifth round, they took Kylan Wallace. So they're replacing Willie Sneed and Seth Roberts with Rashad Bateman and Kylan Wallace. It's just a huge upgrade to the receiving core, which they really needed. And then at 31st, they took Jason Owe, a pass rusher out of uh, Penn State, because they need to replace Matthew Judon. Cleve. Jason Owe is 6'5", 257 pounds. How fast did he run the 40? Um, I would say for a linebacker, should be like the four sixes, four sevens. He ran a four three six. Get the f- wow. For a yeah. linebacker. Yeah. 257. So almost 6'5", almost, 257, ran a four wow. three six. There's and a he, missile, he, bro. He, he's got the pass rush bent. He's just a little rock. He hasn't been playing football for that long. Like yeah. the Ravens, the Ravens, they're just so good at this. Like, they're so good at drafting and building their team and restocking. So the Ravens got better. The Browns got better. The Steelers stayed the same. Like, the Steelers are in trouble. Well, I you mean, they, they kept Big Ben, so they're going to stay the same. No, but Ra- they but they, they needed to improve at what they were doing. Ravens also signed uh, Villanueva away from the Steelers for yep. two years. Yeah, so really? they even... Mm-hmm. They've insured up the offensive line even more. I mean, that's just another insurance policy. Wait a minute. You said they sent the guy to their rival? Free agent. Free agent. Oh, Two years. Okay, okay. Eight okay. mil guaranteed. This is from Shefty, so you know it's true. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, we've got we've got about six minutes left, and I wanted to ask about, uh, did you guys see the story about the uh, Titans fourth-round pick who is now charged with uh, assault in uh, from an incident in a bar that they did not know about because it ha- the incident apparently happened on April 18th. So they drafted a guy wow. not knowing, and now he's uh, been charged with simple assault in connection with a uh, incident at a bar, assaulting a woman, actually. A week before the draft? Yeah. Well, something like that, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, the, the, incident, the incident was April 18th. So, yeah, this is Rashad Weaver, who's a pass rusher out of Pitt, who mm-hmm. I was shocked seeing him drop. I was like, why is he Why is he not? Like, he should have been a first-round pick. But, you know, if the Lions had taken him in the third, I would have been like, oh, my goodness, that's a great pick. Um, So, I don't know the case or whatever. I don't think that he should necessarily get cut right away. And I feel like he'll get a suspension if he's not convicted and in prison uh, for a little bit and come and come right back. Uh, to the team. I mean, the team has Taylor Lewan. He's a huge jerk. Um, so yeah, so it's a, this was never it's divulged? This, like, it happened, he didn't tell the team that, or what? I don't know. I mean, according to them, but I mean, the Patriots also said they didn't know about Aaron Hernandez, so I don't know what you take from this. <laughs> Go kill a guy and come to practice? It's great. Multiple guys. Yeah, right? <laughs> Body count was, racking up. Yeah. Wow. All right. Any, uh, any feel good, Matt? Any, I do. Anything? 
Yeah, what do you I got? I do. Uh, Jonathan Cooper, uh, Ohio State, was drafted in the seventh round. And apparently after the they uh, announced the pick, I mean, obviously, you know, it's not a huge announcement, but I guess he went outside his front door and all the neighbor's kids, uh, kids in the neighborhood came by to congratulate him, give him hugs and stuff like that. It's pretty wow. cool. Yeah, it's pretty. That's damn pretty good. I, um, you know, I since uh, since knowing Dave, uh, I started watching this show that comes on NFL Network called Path to the Draft. And the and the other one is the um, is the undrafted guys that what they got to go through to get it. So like this guy having a situation in a bar, you know, maybe it's minor assault, but what's disturbing is that it's a female that he, you know, and we just, you know, this guy's a big linebacker or whatever. Um, I just know how hard it is to get to that point. So I'm happy for every, every one of those guys that got drafted because I remember a couple of years ago at my job, I met a couple of draft prospects that didn't get drafted. And I was working out with these guys for, you know, uh, for a while and stuff. And, you know, to their disappointment that these guys didn't get picked up, but then they were put t- taking a supplementary draft like later on. So, um, you know, I hope that we that we got a good season coming up and, you know, we're going to see some stuff. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what Miami's going to do. And I'm definitely excited what the Jacks are going to do. Um, my Jets, we'll see. I think we need a running back, but who am I? No, Cleve, what you're really looking forward to is to say that Tua sucks when he throws an incompletion in the first pass of the preseason. <laughs> He's done, bro. He's, He's done. They, they, they were looking to move on from him when the draft was happening. So, I yeah. uh I I bet I bet money I I bet money on the uh, Dolphins to win the division at like three and a half to one. What over over the Bills? Mm-hmm. Wow, I may have to take that action, bro. That's I smell insane. eight. I smell eight and eight now. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm sorry. They can't go eight and eight. They have to go nine and eight or eight oh, and nine. I'm actually just, you know what? That's what I'm going to do this year. Uh, I'm going to stop my season when the teams have played 16 games and I don't give a shit. Uh, I'm going to consider the, pl- I'm, go- I'm going to consider the playoff field done. And I'm just going to make my playoff predictions based off of teams after 16 games. Even if teams get eliminated, I don't care. I, totally I can't, I can't do odd six. numbers. I hate odd yeah, numbers. I, I told Yeah. So, that's a good point, Dave. They should actually give just fuck it. You know what? Eliminate all preseason and just give two fucking games. How about that? Week nineteen. We'll play tw- <laughs> yeah, we'll play twenty three regular season games. <laughs> it's insane, bro. All right, guys. Yeah, great fun today. Um, looking forward to getting back into it. Um, any closing remarks before this thing shuts us down? Uh, yeah, just for me. You know, we talked a lot about the first round. The first round picks. Uh today it's really the first three rounds that matter the most your first three round picks in the draft need to really end up being starters on on your squad for your team to be to be good you know you have to hit on those so whoever your favorite team is be sure to be looking at the first the the first three rounds really as as the the core critical components of what you need to hit gotcha okay that's good to know matt what you got nothing for me just good to be back all right all right, so uh, we'll see you guys next next week. Political Football is brought to you by Matty Ice Media. You can find all associated content on www.mattyicemedia.com. Thank you for all your support.